Hello, friends. Thank you for jumping into another episode of the Access Potential podcast. This is John Marsh. Thanks for joining in. I hope you're doing really well. Today, we have a guest on the show. His name is Nick Mayer. And Nick and I actually just met the other day. Uh, we caught up for coffee over here in Newcastle, but it turns out he lives pretty close. He's down in Warner's Bay. And Nick is a gym owner, uh, and he's also a writer as well. He's got a passion for writing. And so when we caught up, when I meet someone who who gets lit up about writing or likes to write, uh, Nick writes a, a blog as well. Uh, so when we catch up or when I meet someone like this, we always have this interesting conversation around uh, how the practice, what you know, what's drawn us to writing, this kind of thing. And so, you know, naturally, I wanted to get him on the podcast and, and go deeper, find out more. So really cool episode, a lot of value in here for, you know, small business owners, gym owners, coaches. Uh, we talk so much about communication on this podcast and uh, you know whether that's spoken word whether that is uh, writing whether that is in content uh, this this idea of marketing as communication uh, specifically for the people that you want to work with right having these interesting conversations or communicating your story what you stand for what you're about to the people you want to work with so there's a lot of value in here if you're in business or you're considering going into business or starting something and kind of wanting to flesh this out a little bit more, how do I communicate people? I know I'm going to have to do writing or speaking or podcasts or something. What does that look like? So we dive into Nick's journey and he shares a lot of his own backstory and a lot of insights that he's picked up over the years uh, with these practices. So really cool. Hope you enjoy it. I'll get stuck in now. Thank you so much for listening. This is John Marsh. You're listening to the Access Potential Podcast. Well, firstly, thank you for carving out the the time and the space and the energy to sit down and have a chat. Really appreciate it. Um, take us back a little bit. You know, I want to talk... Uh, a little bit about the gym and, and the business that you've created and the work you're doing with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe also I'm interested in how the, you know, I want to also talk about writing and talk about your passion for writing and story and where this came from. So maybe just take us back to, you know, however far back, five, 10 years, how did this, these two come to be in the same space? How did you sort of, begin the whole journey um that's led you to where you are now firstly it's a pleasure thank you for having me on i'm i'm excited for this conversation um it's fascinating because it's a it's a concept that i've been reflecting back on these past few days of where did the writing start like i know with the academy it started with my love for sport when i was growing up when i was a child uh, you know, every weekend you could find me outside under the sun. I'd be playing soccer. I'd be playing cricket. I'd be playing tennis. I'd play a bit of basketball. I'd swim. Like everything and anything that I could get my hands on when it came to sport, 
It's what I do. And, and I always had, you know, the dream to be a professional athlete. At the start, it was cricket. Like I remember watching a, um, a program on Foxtel where it had like Don Bradman and Brian Lara and all of those greats and Sachin Tendulkar. And I said to mum, that's going to be me one day. And then in the off season of that cricketing season, the coach says, hey, Nick, go play baseball, keep your hand-eye coordination in. So I did that, fell in love with it, never went back to cricket. And then the dream became to, to be a professional baseball player. However, the, the antithesis to that and the, the paradox in a sense is that for all of my childhood and all of my adolescent years, I was overweight and borderline obese. Mm. So here's this kid that has a love for sport and a love for life, but he's lazy. He had some skills and an exceptional work ethic when it came to learning new skills that, that set him apart. However, when it came to then doing the work that was requiring and he stuck into the process for the long haul, that's where I fell by the wayside. However, I was blessed to represent Newcastle and New South Wales in baseball back in 2005. And I went away to nationals to Mount Gambia with the countryside. And on the back end of that, I received an invitation to travel to the States for a training camp with the Major League Baseball team. Back then, they were the Miami Marlins. They're now the Florida Marlins. And myself and 20 other Australian boys went over with the dream to, to sign a professional contract because that's what was on offer. There were going to be scouts everywhere. And that's where I realized how lazy I was and that I didn't have what it would take to, to get to that next level. We had two brothers get picked up by the Boston Red Sox. One boy went to the Baltimore Orioles. One boy went to the Minnesota Twins. And I came back to Australia depressed, distraught, down in the dumps because I didn't make it. And I lied to myself because it was easier. And I told myself that it's because of how I looked that was the sole reason that I didn't make it. So I threw myself into magazines. I threw myself into the internet and got my hands on anything and everything that I could to support me in transforming myself into looking and being more of an athlete. And over the course of a single summer, I lost almost 40 kilos. Wow. Worst thing that I could have ever done. For, for two years, anorexia, orthorexia, depression, suicidal thoughts. From 16 up until about 18 years of age, I'd created the, the depths of my own health for myself. And I'm very grateful to have a, a loving family and a support network who, whilst they had no idea what they were doing, because no one could in that time, they guided, they supported me through it. And I came out the other side and started studying nutrition and dietetics at the University of Newcastle, now with the hope of being a sports dietitian because of what it was that I'd experienced. And halfway through that degree, I realized that this isn't for me. So what is became the question. That was the curiosity that started to drive me. And I'd always loved the physical side of things. And I'd thrown myself at the feet of, of some of the best strength coaches around the world to learn now, how can I start training for performance? Because aesthetics isn't my goal anymore. So the likes of Zach Evanesh, Jim Wendler, the guys that on it, the guys at Elite Fitness, Luca Hochevar, like some of the best of the best about how we can, can train for performance. 
And then the idea hit me, how can I help a former version of myself? Like, what is it that I wish that I would have had back when I was, you know, a child, a teenager growing up in today's society that would have allowed me the opportunity to not experience what it was that I experienced? What would I have loved to offer me the guidance and support to, to learn the most important things that there are to in life at such an early age to set me on a great trajectory for life? And that, that's where the academy was formed. You know, we've, we've been operating, it'll be four years on the 1st of December this year. And it's been more magical and more beautiful than I could have ever dreamt of. And it's, it's gone from solely young athletes to now the youth on a whole. And it's gone from training focused to now human development focused. So the physical, the cognitive, the emotional side of things. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about that, the nuts and bolts of what that looks like, you know, for people you do, how do you, how do you, um, how do you serve that? Is it classes? Is it, uh, you know, physical training? Like talk a little bit about what that looks like for someone who might come in for a class or come in, you know, start training or start working with you guys. Yeah. So the model is that we'd have a, a brand new kid come in and we individualize everything with our approach to them to meet them where they're at and take them where it is that they want to go. So the, the bulk of what everyone sees is the physical training. So it's in a small group format. However, it's, it's individualized inside of that context, depending on the child, their age, their sport, their goals. And then the back end side of it, of, of what a lot of people don't see is the cognitive work and the emotional work that we do with the kids. So once a fortnight, we'll have a one-on-one -on -one call or coaching session with them to essentially start to understand them and start to teach them aspects about language, aspects about identity, aspects about pressure and emotional regulation so that they can start to essentially broaden their perspective of themselves, but also be able to respond to what's happening to them in life in a more conscious and a more mature approach so that we can support them to go on to, to become conscious human adults instead of, you know, 30, 40-year-olds who are walking around and still acting like they're a 12, 13, 14-year-old. Mm. I love how you said this, that little, you know, thread about um, understanding, you know, more about who they are. And uh, that really resonates. What's the thing that you find, I guess, unique or challenging in working with these kids and, and also maybe what's the average sort of age of these kids as well, just to get a little bit of context, but from there, what's the most challenging or interesting thing that you found that you may not have expected or, you know, in the work that you do with them? So the, the average age is 12 to 13. Yeah. Our youngest kids are nine at the moment and our eldest are 18, 19, 20, but the bulk fall into that 12, 13, 14. The, the challenge for us, as coaches, as leaders, as guides, is the, the balancing act of fun versus doing the work. Of these kids come in and they want to connect with their friends, they want to talk, they want to gossip, they want to, to just be there and really drive that human connection. And how we can incorporate that 
but still focus on the training aspect of it and getting the repetition in, getting the repetition in, you know, moving the needle 1%. That's our, our biggest challenge that we're continually evolving with and testing new things so that we can essentially create games and create fun whilst the work is being done because there's moments where they need to switch on, but how even when they're switching on there, can we gamify it? Can we create some form of play and movement inside of the, the seriousness that is training? Mm. Um, and uh, what does, when you have like, you know, a whole crew of these kids go through, or if, you know, if you, if you, if you saw a hundred of the, of the academies across, you know, the land and there's this big shift where these kids had more kids had access to this kind of work and to the stuff that you're doing. What, um, what do you think would be some of the stuff that we'd see? Like, you know, you mentioned having a clear understanding of who we are at 34, 35, what else, like, what do you think is, um, What's some of the change that you see with these kids when they come out in terms of how they walk around, how they, how they interact, the work that they do and, and kind of where they go from that place? We'd see a lot less fear. There'd be a, an abundance of more courage and kids chasing what it is that they want because they'd have a, a decision-making framework and an understanding that fear for them is a compass. It's creating emotion. It's creating energy that is expressing to them that this thought that they're having right now, it means something to them. And they'd understand that, okay, that's a message that I'm receiving. There's something in here. There's something inside of me that knows better than what my rational mind is telling me right now. And I'm going to pursue this. I'm going to chase this. And they'd also then have the understanding and the awareness that the people who are closest to them and love them the most are likely going to have a different perspective to them and they will express that perspective to them. And in the past, they would have taken that and attached themselves to it and they would have listened to others and the outside perspective instead of listening to themselves. Mm. But they'd have that understanding and they'd have that knowing and that maturity to say, look, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. However, this is something that I'm going to do for myself and I'm willing to, to, you know, accept the consequences of what comes with it because I'm committed to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. You know, this concept of personal story and the, the, our individuality is already sort of popping through. How did, you know, you, you come to this place where, uh, I think we'll get on to kind of the story a little bit more later, but tell us about where the writing started to creep in and how this, uh, yeah, how this intersection sort of occurred in the first place. Cause I, I have seen on some of your content, you know, a while back was, you know, you might be up at a whiteboard sort of sharing some concepts with these kids and it was, you know, I don't want to say like philosophy and stuff, but it was like, there's obviously other stuff that you were sharing with them and teaching them or, or going through, um, maybe talk about that intersection and how it led into your writing or what happened, what happened for you there? Yeah. Writing. It's always been a big part of my life. When I reflect back, English was my favorite subject. And 
I specifically have a memory of when I was receiving some tutoring and I wrote a, a story and the feedback was you have an exceptional imagination. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then going through high school, specifically senior years, that got drained out of me because I was just continually bombarded. This isn't good enough. This isn't good enough. You're not seeing it the right way. Like this is what this poem or this is what this story means. And I'm like, well, actually, I see it from this context. So that removed me from that world because I attached myself to those thoughts and those opinions of others who I gave authority to in that space and said, okay, well, I'm obviously not any good at this, so let's leave it by the wayside. Mm. And then I found myself in Europe in 2013 and I spent eight months working, living, backpacking around, no technology apart from my phone, but I didn't have data, so I, I rarely used it. So I read voraciously. I came back with a full bag of new books and also inside of that time, I started picking up the pen a heck of a lot more in journaling. And I've now come to understand that I read in order to understand the world and I write in order to understand myself. And the pen and the, the process of writing has fundamentally changed my life because it's allowed me to objectively look at myself and understand that you know, the person that I thought I was, was all learned. From mum, from dad, from my past, from society, I was essentially who I thought I had to be in order to survive and have other people love me. Mm. And in 2015, Seth Godin finally inspired me and allowed me to give myself permission to publish what it was that I was writing. And every day since then, I've written something and I've published it in some form. And every time that I do, I feel as in alignment as I imagine I possibly can. There is something magical about the process of it that I find so fulfilling and being able to know that there's the possibility that there, there is a sentence in there that's going to be a catalyst for somebody else. It's going to be a seed for them in a year time or in two years time or three years time. That's something that, that brings a huge smile to my face as well. Mm. How did you, how did that unfold, you know, with, the business, because I think a lot of business owners would be listening or people who, you know, there's coaches, people with small business or are thinking about small business. And I often talk about marketing and communication. And, uh, you know, the question that comes up for me is how, you know, you, you talk about the writing that began or, or is and has been a way for you to understand more of yourself. How did you also find that intersection with, your writing, your ability to your, your exploration and, you know, articulating your thoughts and putting stuff out there and having the courage to do that publicly as well, cross over into the work that you did as a business owner, whether through copy or content or otherwise, like 
Talk a little bit about that intersection between self-expression or writing or putting these or, or publishing, you know, and business as well. Does anything kind of come up for you in that sense? At the beginning, I knew that who I was and what I loved to do, the written word and publishing a blog every day and writing copy was going to be the best way for myself to articulate and express what the academy was and what it was here to do for, for the youth. It was the easiest way for, for me to connect with parents and to show them inside what's happening at the academy. Um, you know, you mentioned just previously the, the videos that we used to shoot. You know, I, I loved doing those as well. However, I feel so much more at home with a pen in hand or sitting down at a laptop and expressing and communicating myself that way. And when I look back on how that supported the business, we, we would not have had the success that we've had without that blog and without the writing. The, the way that it's allowed us to form relationships with like our family, the way that it's allowed us to form relationships with the community, it, it's been a backbone. Mm. It's been the consistent backbone. And if you were to remove that, then I sitting here at the, at the top of the academy, understanding that I'm the person that is the one who is, you know, moving it forward, the boat would have been so much slower so much because how else are we going to communicate what it is that we stand for, what it is that we do with the people who require it. Mm. For someone, you know, who's starting out or who's, who's moving into business in some sense and they know, you know, because when you listen to this and I talk a lot about writing and these things as well, you can, it can really feel like there is a shitload of writing to be done. And in my world, in my way of looking at it, there is, but that's kind of because I like it as well. But for someone who's starting out, who's not into it, you know, and it's like, I just want to train people. I just want to, you know, I've got this passion, I'm really good at my skill and my craft. People will come to me. How could you help to reframe that to see, an entry point or a little on-ramp to get started? What would you say to someone or even yourself, like, you know, five, 10 years ago, if you're just starting out, like to start to get your messages out there, to start to um, practice, whether it was just, you know, communicating what you're doing and what you're about and a bit of your story, what would you say to the people with you know, a lot of resistance or no backs, no background in writing or video or any of these things. Mm-hmm. And it'd be asking yourself the question, what am I scared of? Like what, what, what am I afraid is going to happen if I do start to do this? If it's fear around how are other people going to perceive it? The fear around that it's not going to be good enough. Like what is the fear that's holding me back? What am I doing? What story am I telling myself? that is essentially self-sabotaging me from doing this. The reason that we start there is because that's going to give us a glimpse into our own internal narrative. And we're also going to start to see that those stories that we're telling ourselves aren't true. It's simply a, a perspective that we hold. 
You know, it's, it's what we're imagining is going to happen. And then when you begin to move through that and you take the first step, like I started with once a week, that was the goal that I set myself. So achievable, so realistic. It allowed me to, to really focus on quality and start building some repetitions. And a month ago, I set the goal now, I am writing and publishing daily for the next decade. The, the deep body of work that's going to be created there will be created. But the sole reason that I notice that I'm now in the, the position to be privileged to be able to do that is because I started doing the reps, which allowed me to see what was true. That was, you know, other people, their thoughts and their opinions are actually positive where I'm telling myself the story that they're not going to like what I'm writing. Mm. And then there was the whole process and growth chapter of understanding that if something doesn't get a like, that doesn't mean that it's not resonating with people because the amount of times that I've had someone send a message or come up to me in person and be like, I loved this, like this was incredible. And then it's like, it has zero likes on social media. So it's like, okay, the more that I can detach myself from the outcome and just focus on this process and understand that I do have something to say that is worth saying and I do hold value and I do deserve to sit at this table. Shifting those thought patterns, shifting those beliefs, there's only, there's only one way to do it and that's from doing the work. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm interested with the other people that you work with, coaches, staff or employees that you've had or kids even, is this concept of uh, putting your assertions out to the world or publishing in some, some way, shape or form, something that you guys talk about or encourage, or is it part of what you bring to others? Or is it mostly something that you use uh, personally? Like, does that resonate? Mm. Yeah. So the, the theme there is that we, we challenge the kids and I challenge the staff to pursue what it is that sets their heart on fire. So for instance, for like Bree, who's our head coach, she, she springs to mind at the moment. And the thing that she loves more than anything is coaching. So it's okay. How can you now chase that rabbit and go down that rabbit hole as much as possible for her? It's not the, then expression and communication of what she understands as a coach to other coaches and to the world. It's how can I now be the best coach as possible for this kid in front of me and this group of kids in front of me, where then the likes of Sean, who's another one of our coaches, he does love to express himself, especially from the perspective of a parent because he has two young boys. So he will communicate via the written word or, or via video his message, the work that he's doing and what it means to him from the perspective of who his sons are then going to be when he grows up, uh, when they grow up. So yeah, it's not so much the, Hey guys, you should write and you should, 
uh, you know, publish those things is that that's, that's what's for me. That's what I love to do. So how can we support you guys in identifying what my writing is for you and then going and chasing that with everything that you have? Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. What, talk, talk a little bit about, you know, you spoke of fear earlier and the journaling as a way to see the false sense of identity and perhaps understand a little bit more of the fear. Um, talk a little bit about that. Cause I, I think about this concept of journaling a lot and like for me, basically as soon as I started writing, it went onto, it just went straight to a blog and I've never really had a journaling practice, like something that's been inside the home. Like I've got notebooks and stuff or I'll write some thoughts, but it's not really part of the day. It, it goes sort of outwards. And my question is, what did you notice when you flipped from writing for just yourself internally to then publishing it? Are you publishing your journaling or are you writing for an external audience? Does that make sense at all? And, and what did this do in terms of this idea of fear, you know, that you talked about as being something that's pretty common for these kids as well. So the, the majority and the bulk of the writing is for other people. However, there are entries where it is my journal entry for that specific moment in time. So I used to journal daily uh, and it, I, I forced it where now it's a practice that I, I call uh, autolysis journaling which is spur of the moment. If I feel triggered by something or if I notice something, then I pull out the pen or I get out my laptop and I just stream of consciously write. And that allows me to then take a step back and objectively look at it and ask the question, is this true? Because my beliefs, my thoughts, my assumptions, my actions, they're all false. They're all BS. I just simply believe them to be true. But is what I have written here, is it the actual truth? If it's not, okay, well, now what do I want to do instead? Which is where a lot of the fear comes in. It's solely a story. What am I scared of? What am I anxious about? What do I imagine is going to happen? Because I'm either taking a past experience and I'm projecting it to the present moment or I'm projecting it to the future, which is not reality whatsoever. Reality is what's here right now. So what do I notice? What do I observe? What do I see? You know, not what do I think? And being able to look at those words on paper and edit them. So shifting like a negation from, well, I'm worried that, you know, I can't do this. So, well, actually I can do that. Or looking, is there an abundance of soft talk of, well, you know, I think that maybe I should, I should have a look at, you know, quite possibly doing this to being like, no, I'm going to do that. And here's the reasons why. Or am I hyper-focused on externalities and projecting everything? You know, oh, well, mum and dad were doing this and, you know, I'm upset at my partner, Therese, for this. And, you know, I would have loved to have gone for a walk today, but it's raining and saying, okay, no, actually... What can I do instead? How can I reflect this back on myself? 
provide myself with some power, provide myself with ownership, and what can I do instead? It's, it's been a process that's fundamentally changed my life and being able to provide people with a glimpse and an insight into that and then also educate them on the process for themselves it is something that has been incredibly incredibly powerful for the for the people that i've been able to communicate with who have come across it mm, that's really cool what do you where do you go um you know we caught up the other day had a nice little coffee over at uh the autumn rooms which i uh, talk a lot about on this podcast. Actually, I had the owner Ben on here once and we were speaking a little bit about writing and you, you spoke about, um, you know, doing more copywriting and other people connecting and reaching out. What's lighting you up in the future with, you know, still got the gym going and this writing things picking up like, uh, or coming into light more. What's what lights you up going forward and what are some of the things that you're, kind of working on or where, where do you see yourself taking it? Mm -hmm. Copywriting will form the backbone and the foundation of it. So I'm blessed to support two American businesses right now and one local business plus do the copywriting for the Academy. And there is something magical about sitting there with an idea and a business that you love that you would get behind and push and push and give every ounce of what you have because you love what they're about you love their mission and you love what they're doing and being able to know that i can use this skill that i love and that i'm creating to support other people to achieve their dreams it is massive. Like I get to do something that I love to do in order to support someone else to do something that they love to do. Like it's, it's a win-win all around. And being able to look at a piece of writing and say, what's the intention here? Is it, you know, for a social post, is it an email sequence? Is it a landing page? Is it a sales script? And have a blank canvas or, or, or an empty puzzle and create from scratch and have sole autonomy over that. Like that's something that, that excites the hell out of me. Like that's a game that I want to play. That's a game that I love to play. And story pro on the back end of that is coaching coaches to learn how to write better, both copywriting, but also for themselves to master the art of storytelling so that they can connect deeper with their communities and make a great living for themselves. You know, we, we mentioned before that the ability to write and to communicate and to express not only myself at the Academy was the foundation for its success. When we look at coaches specifically in a, in a fitness and a strength and conditioning setting, no one's ever taught them how to market. No one's ever taught them how to write. And we now know with the society that we live in that that online space and the written word, it, it's fundamental for them and their success moving forward. 
once they have someone in, it's all about community and it's about forming the relationships and the connections there. But how do I essentially get my message out there and how do I connect with people who don't quite know who I am or what I do yet? Mm. So being able to support them to do that so that they can then go on to make the impacts that they want to make and fundamentally change you know, their community's lives it's it's a it's a broader impact than I could ever have if I were simply trying to to do the coaching and stay face to face in the academy myself. Yeah, reminds me of a there was a lecture by a guy his name is Patrick Winston at MIT and he he's standing at a room this crowded room everyone's chatting away all these uni kids and um, he says he kind of walks around he goes. Uh, no soldier should ever go out into battle unarmed and you know in a similar vein no none of you guys should have to go out into the world unprepared and his his assertion was that your success in life is dependent on your ability to speak mm-hmm. uh, your ability to write and the quality of your thoughts in that order like he's like you know these kids have all come out of mit like top level top tier school it's like if you're going out of here without the ability to, whether it's speak or write, um, but basically communicate your thoughts, you're 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 done. You know you can't you can't move forward. And <clears throat> I tend to think you know I tend to agree to an extent. I think that ability to communicate and enroll specifically enroll is really the kind of kernel of business and especially these service businesses as well. Um, but yeah, I really resonate with what you said. I think that's really cool. And it's cool to see more people being interested in it as well. I think more people are seeing the culture um, having come out of this you know, leth- lethargic state from so much information and so much sort of knowledge into um, connection and realizing that story and communication is just a key part of where we're going and really what defines us as humans and the change that we want to do as well. Seems like it's more popular or at least gaining a little bit more awareness, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm observing as well. Um, talk a little bit about, I'm just interested in, uh, I know you've done a lot of work or a bit of work with video and, you know, we've been speaking about writing and, and how that plays into content a little bit. Um, you've used video and done, you know, social media and video, a little bit of video posts about what you guys do. Um, for the people listening, what do you have to say? Like, you know, a lot of people feel, oh, I've got to get good on video and get good on camera. <clears throat> I've got a passion for writing. You've got a passion for writing. Talk about what comes up for you. Um, how do you see, you know, you've got obviously audio recording a podcast here. You've got the big three. Like, how do you sort of see all these? Are you a, all about all of them? Are you sort of, I'm going to stay on my corner of writing? Like, what do you think? What would you kind of tell others who are maybe getting started? I'm all about all of them. I, I can sit here and I can see the the pros and the uses of all three. 
video is fantastic because if you if you have the hot open and it's engaging then you you have the person and you can have them for as long as your story allows them to like with the way that we now operate in the world with tv with our phones like video is just there it's it's become natural for us so if the if the content's created correctly then it's nothing more than just another part of life now when it comes to audio it's so simple I, I turned my car into a library back in 2014 via the use of podcasts. And podcasts and audio books, if I don't have the opportunity to sit down with a hard copy book, it's the majority of my dead space. Like if I'm out for a walk, it's not music, it's a podcast. If I'm in the car, it's not music, it's a podcast. If I'm relaxing at home, it's not music, it's a podcast. It's it's so simple and easy to surround yourself with exceptional ideas and exceptional content now solely because of audio. And I look at those three and I, I say, which one is, which one do I believe is the least attractive to the majority of the population? And it's writing. And that's the one that I love more than anything because that's for me. Like I've, I've personally done the podcasts, I've shot the videos and I continually come back to the writing because I notice tension, I notice obstruction when I try and produce a podcast or when I try and produce the videos, it's not Nick. It's not who he truly is. That's an interesting one. <clears throat> I was thinking about um, this the other day. We spoke a little bit about this book that I've mentioned. It's by Stephen King. It's called On Writing. And he talks about his life and his upbringing, but then also sprinkles in little like tips, you know, if you can really call them that, about how he writes. And in his toolbox, he talks about at the top level of his writing toolbox, he's got vocabulary and grammar and um he talks about vocabulary he's like you know the thing is your your vocabulary range will grow through reading passively grow over the decades um but when you go to write it's important to use the vocabulary that you've got and i was reading some copy on something last night it was a, a social media post or something and it was that thing where it just did not, I know the person and I was like, this does not sound anything like the person. And I was thinking, you know, what makes like something really sexy copy or like something to, that I can really read is when it's not just good, but I can see the essence of their story come through the words. I can see the essence of who they are. And look, it's like, it's really hard to do that, to, to, to have it come through sounding natural and good. But I think um, it's also a relief for a lot of people because you can take a breath and just go, okay, I can sit down, I can get into this writing stuff without needing to, you know, ch change myself or I don't need to get a dictionary out or a thesaurus or I can just go, you know, and I can let that happen. Um, but it's really cool that you picked that up and found it come naturally in writing as opposed to the others. 
Yeah, it's been a it's been a fascinating process and a fascinating journey when I look back. And if I were to be honest and a hundred percent truthful with myself, the sole reason that I started the podcast and the sole reason that I, I shot the videos was because I thought I needed to. I thought it had to be there in order for success and for growth and development to happen. That, that's not true as a bullshit lie. Yeah. It um, reminds me. I had a I had a guest on early. Um, Joseph is his name. Have, have you heard of Fighting Monkey? I have. Yeah. So Fighting Monkey. If you're listening, Fighting Monkey is an amazing. Like this guy Joseph and his partner, they created this modality. It's it's really cool. Like these these two are amazing movers and teachers. And um, this guy is just filled with life. And I was teeing up the podcast and I'd write him, Hey, Hey, Joseph, like, you know, I outreach. I'm like, what's, um, what's a good time? You know, what works for you? And we were introduced to a mutual friend and he gets back and he, he writes like the first that is like, hello. And then exclamation mark. And from that point forward, like every bit of correspondence, this dude was just lit up. And so at the end of the podcast, I asked him, I said, man, you know, we've talked about all this movement stuff. I want to, I want to find out about your zest for life. Like how you got so much energy, even when you write back on the emails, I can barely sit on my chair when I read them. It's like coming through the screen. I love it. And, um, you know, is it this movement thing? Like, is this, is the movement, like, this is what we've been talking about. He's like, you know, um, he said, a lot of people out there think that this you have to have to be in the movement culture you have to be moving to be growing you have to move to get the essence of life he's like he's like i know poets i know people writers they hardly move at all and they get life as well he's like you know it's easy to think that there's this one thing movement or a podcast or like one thing that we need to do because that's you know part of this fabric to grow and to develop. Um, but it was just really cool how he framed it. And it reminded me of what you said just then. It's like, you know, maybe it's not the thing for you or for someone listening. Maybe it's, it's something else completely, you know, which is cool. Yeah. I, I look back and I'm 31 in January and I can truthfully say that the first 30 years of my existence were for other people. And it was me showing up as someone who I thought I needed to be or what I thought I was. Mm. And now it's like, okay, awesome. I'm 30. I have touch wood, 60, 70 more years in me. And here I am now with this conscious awareness and in this powerful position to choose what do I want? What does Nick want? What does his heart want to do? And like that makes me so grateful and it makes me so excited because here I am at 30 having found that and I'm imagining that there's a, there's an abundance of humanity that that didn't have that opportunity. Mm. Yeah, very true. Yeah, it's really cool, man. Really exciting and, and really cool to talk to you and hear you uh, speak about it. I think uh, 
definitely a lot of takeaways for people. I think the one thing that comes up for me is that this concept of, and, and Austin Cleon talks about this is, um, you know, you create to become, it's like, as you, as you write, as you produce, as you start with something, you know, maybe it's journaling, maybe it's a whatever, but as you start to express, you also see what starts to come through you, you know, and, um, it's, it's interesting and really cool to hear that clarity and that sort of compass that you found and created through, through the past and through the last 30 years. And as part of that, through the creating itself, you know, through the, the expression and articulation and sharing of it all. Yeah. It's a, that's a fascinating perspective to have. Thank you. That's um, hmm, very, very interesting. Hmm. Um, is there anything else that you want to talk about that's on your mind at the moment or, or kind of getting you fired up? No, I'm complete. I, I am complete right now. Beautiful. Where can people find your work and uh, find out more about what you do? So if they go to humandevelopment.me, they will find the blog and they can find access to, to everything and anything that their heart desires on there. And on the socials, if they go to at Nick Mayer, N-I-C-K-M-A-I-E-R underscore underscore, then they'll find me and the daily writings there as well. Yeah, cool. Awesome, brother. Well, uh, really cool to watch your journey and, uh, you know, I'm keen to follow along. I'm checking out your, following you on Instagram and looking at your writing and, you know, keen to subscribe to whatever you pop up. So keep me in the loop as well and I'll keep my eyes open. It's really cool to watch. Shall do. Thank you very much. This has been a, an absolute joy. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, we'll have to do it again sometime soon. Thanks for coming on. Pleasure. That's it for this episode of the Access Potential Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Feel free to reach out if you've got any questions on this episode or any previous ones. Uh, John at johntmarsh.com. Jump over there, sign up for the daily blog as well. Uh, happy to get back to any of those questions on a future episode. Thanks so much. See you on the next one.